With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. You made it Friday. Well, the big guy made it. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. <laughs> Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw. This is Sharp Money. It is VSIN, the sports betting network. Oops, hold on one second. Getting a text from our boss, John Goulet. Could you remind Dustin to pick up my dry cleaning on the way home? Okay, that's for you, Dustin. <laughs> He's telling you got more, you got more things to do. You saved the day, though. Good job by the big guy hosting the show that precedes Sharp Money. I looked on, I came and set up my equipment before the show started and I turned it on. Imagine my dismay or my surprise. I saw Dustin Sweetelson sitting up there on the desk and Hawaiian shirt like Andy Reed coaching in the preseason, but you look good. Speaking of the preseason had two last night, CJ Stroud. will get into him. Just a couple of series did not look good. Was pressured nonstop. You've got six games tonight in the pre week one for most teams, including a bit of a civil war on the show as Dustin's giants take on my lions roar. Let's say hi to the boys. Also, we've got four teams. Remember a theme, sharp money in college football, the betting guide, vcin.com slash Subscribe. We're taking four teams every day and we're theming it out today. The four teams first year head coaches. So you've got Arizona state, a little crossover with Purdue and Louisville and some tragedy with Mississippi state. But yet those are all uh, four teams with first year head coaches in college football. Let's say hello first to Amal Shaw. Amal, how are we feeling? Feeling good. I thought uh, he was doing an infomercial for Hawaiian airlines. When I walked in, he's got his Hawaiian yeah. shirt on. He's sitting there at the yeah. desk. I was like, Hey, he was, uh, he looked good. He was very colorful as we say hi to the producer of this program. Uh, Dustin Sweetelson, how you feeling? I feel like Shane Halter, you know, one, one day I'm playing first base. Next day I'm playing center field. Next day, right field. You need me to pitch and mop up duty. And that's essentially what that was for an hour on best bets. That was me pitching and mop up duty. Well, Ben Wilson said, who's on first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, who's on the schedule is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Great job by Dustin. Uh, as we bring you a three hour tour here on sharp money, a couple of things just to kind of start. I do want to get into them all. I don't know if you saw, uh, I want to get your take on what you saw from your Buckeye, your fellow Buckeye and CJ Stroud yesterday. Not a ton to go by. Chip Patterson's going to join us coming up in 28 minutes. He does a great job with college football on CBS. JT O'Sullivan, former NFL quarterback. He's a film analyst. We'll talk to JT coming up. Buck Bailu is a former uh, Georgia quarterback, 680 the fan. We're going to go into a team that I know Amal, you're high on. We should be high on them. They're back-to-back champs in college football. And then Mike Samich makes his triumphant return. He missed last week because of the popped Achilles, but Samich is back. So why don't we start here? It was a win for the Texans, uh, but overall, did you get a feel for CJ Stroud in his first action as a pro? Not really. Uh, remember they had three starters out uh, in terms of the offensive line. Stroud made a throw. He was late. On, he was two for four with an INT. I don't know if there was much to go on there. I'll tell you one thing though. The one sack he took, I thought this guy looked like he was going to have a broken leg on the play. Uh, I was fortunate enough. It didn't wind up in an injury, but They've got some improvements to do. Davis Mills comes in, did a decent job, uh, let a drive down for a touchdown. But this this team's still a long way away from being competitive when you look at the AFC South. Again, 
Patrick, not a lot to go on still being the preseason, but we'll see where this team goes uh, week to week in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with your assessment. I thought Stroud struggled them all, but, you know, 60% of the time he was under duress when he dropped back just, what, four times for 13 yards. The pick was bad. He was staring down the receiver. It was easy for the defender to jump the route. Uh, And then here comes Davis Mills. Now, when you take a look at these numbers, Amal and Dustin, it's 9 for 12, 99 yards with a touchdown. But again, he's against rookies, second and third stringers for Davis Mills, who has obviously many starts in the NFL. It did appear to me that Stroud was separating himself in the competition as Ryan's had Stroud with the first teamers in practice and obviously starting the preseason game. No surprise there, but let's kind of look ahead. Even if Stroud continues to struggle throughout the preseason, I mean, there are zero expectations for this Texans team. It's kind of one of those springboards for D'Amico Ryan's never done it before Uh, CJ Stroud. I want the experience. There's two lines of thinking when it comes to a rookie quarterback, let them sit, learn on the job that way, and then give them an opportunity later in the season or just straight from the start. I'm all, I'm in the ladder camp, give them experience on a bad team with no expectations. It's a perfect spot. Completely agree with you. I think the opportunity to get out there and see what the situation is against a team like new England, who can present a lot of different challenges for you defensively, not expecting that much of a you know, kind of disguised defenses and other things, or maybe some gimmicky defenses in the preseason. However, you're right. If you have the opportunity to get out there and just kind of assess the situation while playing, get a feel for the game speed, even though it's still preseason, you understand the difference between college and the NFL. The one thing is there are guys historically, I don't know where you guys come out on players like Tim Couch and David Carr are two names that jump out to me. Guys that were high first overall picks, but wound up in bad situations. I don't really believe that they were terrible quarterbacks. I think they were just on terrible teams. And sometimes we put too much credit or too much uh, blame on the quarterback. And in Houston, if they don't start to develop, again, it's hard to gauge. You mentioned it, 60% of the O-line being out. But let's see who steps up on the perimeter as well. Well, I think what you're saying, actually, there's some symmetry here. You know, many thought Carr was going to be a good quarterback thrust into an opportunity with the Texans with a porous offensive line and got hit more than any quarterback in history. So you kind of run that risk with an offensive line that isn't great with CJ Stroud, a little bit more mobile, obviously, than Carr was. Uh, but there are decisions to be made. Dustin, any takeaways before we move on Texans Patriots? You know, the thing about CJ Stroud struggling, the the hardest thing for a guy like him from a major program that has four and five star recruits everywhere is that's the first time he's been on a football field where his teammates didn't have a significant talent advantage over whoever they were facing for the last few years. Every time CJ Stroud took a snap on a football field, he had better players than the other team. So it was probably a little bit hard for him to like come up to speed with every Everyone else on the field with him. My favorite part of last night's game, there was Malik Cunningham getting in for new England. He was running around. He was making plays. He scored a touchdown. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have an impact in the NFL. I would love to see bill Belichick who is using him in wide receiver spots during camp, using both quarterback receiver and just get the ball in his hands. Cause I thought he was one of the most fun guys when he was at Louisville. Wait, hold on. Hold on. My favorite part of Malik Cunningham was waking up this morning. I wasn't on social last night, woke up this morning, popped on Twitter. And I saw a lot of people that saw Malik Cunningham play quarterback for the first time in the history of his life, because the amount of people telling me this guy's a beast, this guy can run. Have you not seen Malik Cunningham play the position? They never bet on what he does. Dummy that well, they never bet on him at Louisville. They would not have that same sentiment if they did. I think he's fun. He's good for football. Let Let Malik cook. He threw so many bounce passes. He should have been trying out for the basketball team. Let Malik cook is the takeaway from host talent booker producer, Dustin Sweetelson. All right. The Seahawks 24, 13 drew lock, you know, again, this is what now four seasons, but I, I guess you can say he showed last night why the Seahawks continue to believe that, you know, he could be a starter. He's not going to be the starter with Geno Smith there. I thought he was fine. Didn't watch all of this game. Of course, a cover 24, 13, Uh, I thought the standout for the Vikings, frankly, was Ty Chandler who took advantage of the running back. It's going to be Alexander Madison as a starter, but they're looking for that number two to solidify. Uh, Not a huge takeaway for me either way here. I thought Locke was fine. I didn't think Locke was outstanding. The overcashes with the Seattle Seahawks covering the three and a half here. 
Yeah, the Seattle team, look, they got off to a good start. You know, the one thing you want to see is what can they do early on without uh, Geno Smith in the lineup. They did a nice job. You mentioned Drew Locke. Uh, but for me, again, like you said, in the Houston game and in this game, not really that much to take away. And when you get into second half action, you're looking at probably 75% of players that are not going to be on an NFL roster out there competing. So sometimes it's hard to gauge in terms of success how accurate it could be uh, when we get to Sundays. Big guy, anything here? It was um, tough watch. Even with the even with the score, I was going to say tough watch. <laughs> Look, I, I I said this as I was walking into the studio. I'm not going to complain about the preseason. And that's like, that's the mantra here on Sharma. We're not going to complain about the preseason because it is football. It is exciting to have it back. Remember trying to continue to convince ourselves to talk about Embiid or Jokic <laughs> for the MVP. Okay. That is nauseating and ponderous. We get football. It looks good on the TV. I didn't have the volume up. This game was eh. anything. Uh, yeah. Drew lock looked good because at this point, like this is like a senior in high school. And the freshmen are all coming in. It's their first time in the preseason. He's kind of been through it a lot. He's Drew Locke. He's played a lot of preseason football. He's been pretty much irrelevant. He should look better than everyone else. Yeah, he did. It was mostly second start. Like, look, O'Connell's, he came from the McVay tree. McVay likes the preseason less than uh, Amal Shaw likes caffeine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there is nothing more. Like, he doesn't even participate. So mostly I would assume his tree is going to do the same thing. However, as I say that we've got a court, we've got a coach in green Bay and Lafleur, who obviously is on a different path right now because he's got a quarterback um, that's taken what 157 snaps. He's going to be his starter in Jordan love. We're going to get to love as green Bay and Cincinnati are on the table today. One of the six preseason games tonight. What we'll do in the second segment here, when we come back, we'll kind of set you up with who's going to play and who's not going to play. And we'll start at the quarterback position for all six games tonight. I do want to just take a quick second to mention Omal Shaw. This is a bit of a holiday for those of us that like football, AKA soccer as man city is up one nil over Burnley English premier league has kicked off their new season. And I, for one, my friend couldn't be more excited. You and me both uh, can't wait. Looking forward to it and should be another great season. Unfortunately, probably going to be dominated by Manchester City again in the Premier League. Yep. And they're already uh, off to a hot start at Burnley. One nil in the ninth minute. Let's go. That was 297 to win a dollar if you were interested in Man City and not laying a goal and a half. I was not. I wish I was. Okay. That's a quick start to the show. Like I mentioned, plenty to do. We've got our four college teams, Arizona State, Purdue, Louisville, and Mississippi State on tap. We've got Samich. We've got plenty to do. Coming back, six preseason games tonight in the NFL. We'll let you know who's playing and who's not. Sharp money on a Friday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. 
Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, football is ready to kick off, and VSIN has everything you need to make this a successful season. Our college football bet, I was actually just looking at the college football betting guide. I was looking at the home field advantage, the mitigation. You should check out that article. It's great. Earlier today, all 133 FBS team previews. Also, our NFL betting guide, in-depth profiles on every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. Get our college and NFL betting guides. You get the picks as well. Sign up at vcin.com slash subscribe. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Sharp money on a Friday. We're going to bring in. This guy does a great job talking about the sport. College football, CBS Sports, college football writer. Also cover three with Tom Fornelli, Bud Elliott, and Danny Cannell. He is Chip Patterson, and he joins us now. I want to ask about Canell's Florida State team. Hi, Chip. Thanks for joining us. I want to ask about Canell's Florida State team, but before we do, I've worked a lot with Danny in the past. How do you handle his ADD? Because he has major ADD. So when you're doing, you're laughing because you know I'm right. When you're doing a broadcast yeah, with him, you gotta, you kind of gotta reel him back in. You know what I'm saying? Well, the great. So when we made the move to YouTube, and of course you can watch our Cover Three episodes live, YouTube.com/slash Cover Three. 11 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, but it it kind of forced him at least to, to check back in. Like before, when we weren't on camera the whole time, you really risked losing it. You know, <laughs> now at least the camera's on. There's at least the accountability of you know hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of live audience members that if, if you zone out too much, uh, they'll call you out on it. So I would say the the accountability of the live audience interacting with us throughout our shows now. Uh, has has really gotten him to tighten up. Okay, let's talk about Canell's Florida State team here. You wrote about this at CBS. You said Florida State and Clemson are taking different roster building approaches this season. What do you mean by that? The I mean, Dabo Sweeney has not utilized the transfer portal uh, anywhere near as much or as effectively as his peers. And Dabo Sweeney's peers are those programs that are competing for conference championships, college football playoff first, and maybe even the national title. Uh, I understand that, you know, Kirby Smart bragged about how a year ago he didn't take anybody out of the portal, but uh, he sure did this year going out and getting Dominic Lovett from Missouri, you know, going out and getting Ra-Ra Thomas from Mississippi State, identifying a need at wide receiver, and getting in some transfer portal additions. Well, look, like this Clemson football program has had needs. There have been players, whether it be an edge rusher or a wide receiver, that might have been able to benefit uh, Clemson's ability to win instantaneously. But Dabo Sweeney remains really committed to the idea of player development. He's trusting his evaluation coming out of high school, and he wants to uh, continue to build it up from the inside rather than reach for additions from the outside. Last two years, the only transfer portal additions have been glorified grad assistants, you know, bringing in Hunter Johnson and uh, Bear Bryant's great-grandson. You know, on the other hand, Florida State has had one of the top transfer portal classes, not just in the ACC, but in the country for each of the last three cycles. I mean, when you look at their all-conference uh, players from last year, 15 of them, 10 of them were transfers. There's so many of the stars. I mean, Jordan Travis has been there for a while, but he was a transfer. Trey Benson, obviously a transfer. Johnny Wilson, a transfer. Jared Burse, a transfer. I mean, these are players that are you know, potentially going to be in the NFL and certainly going to be a part of Florida State's run at an ACC title. So the, the way that I came up with the story in my head, and uh, I appreciate you plugging it there, but it's portal heavy versus portal averse. You know, two different ways to, to build a team. And, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil the end of it. My theory is 
you really need to be able to do both. You need to be able to recruit uh, at an elite level out of high school, which Florida State has. Well, obviously, 24 class is going well. Well, the last couple of cycles, Mike Norvell has, recorded, has recruited at a good, not great level out of high school. But then you also need to be able to hit the transfer portal when you have needs and get some of the best players available. So Florida State and Clemson uh, built differently, competing for the ACC championship. I would say that both of those rosters and both of those programs are uh, still a step away from the very, very top of the sport. Great breakdown of both those teams. Chip, we're going to talk about Louisville a little bit later on today. You had an article talking about how Jeff Brown's already paid dividends in terms of return on investment for the Cardinals. Just expand on that a little bit and then what you think Louisville is going to be under his tenure. Um, it's so fascinating that he's been able to you know, step into the job that so many have wanted him for for so long without too much friction, right? A little, little nice the way that it worked out in terms of Scott Satterfield reading the room, things aren't great, stepping aside. But, you know, the program and the team that Jeff Brom took over was a bowl team last year. I mean, the, the bones of this team are, are still pretty good, but he goes out and he brings in more than two dozen transfers, some of them like quarterback Jack Plummer he's got a history with. And I think that, you know, we've just got a position where Jeff Brom understands the importance of win now. And he understands the importance of win now not only in general because in college football you don't have much time anymore, but he's got a favorable schedule. There are only three true road games on the schedule and the two neutral site games against Georgia Tech in Atlanta and the Falcons Stadium and against Indiana in Indianapolis. These Louisville fans that are buzzing with energy that their native son is home, they'll go to that. And they will like voice loud support for the Cardinals they're going to have a high-flying offense. Uh, I think that that's going to be really good for Jamari Thrash and uh, the rest of that wide receiving core. It, it's, it's really a question of whether they can take advantage of the opportunity because, you know, the, the win total for Louisville this year, I'm sure, as y'all have talked about, whether it's eight or eight and a half, that suggests that you're going to be one of the top four teams in the ACC. But I don't know if this, this team – is right up there at like eight, eight and a half, or whether the schedule is what gets you to eight, eight and a half. There's still a lot of question marks. And it's fascinating that Jeff Brom, knowing that he is the native son, is really taking on a lot of the pressure and admitting that it's like, hey, look, we need to do this. We need to stack wins. We need to keep the momentum going with the local community, with the recruiting, with the NIL operation. Like, we've got to go get this. I'm a believer, and I think it'll work. But after, you know, hearing Jeff Brom and being around them at ACC football kickoff, you know, I came out of that being like, wow, this, you know, they acknowledge the opportunity that's ahead of them. Now it's on the team to go out and execute. Your home state of North Carolina, Chip Patterson joins us, CBS Sports. Let me ask you about North Carolina because we discussed this team yesterday. I'm confounded. I don't know which way to go. Season win total set at eight. Obviously, Drake may run with it. Where are you on North Carolina? When you have one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country, um, it, that is going to end up being the difference maker and be able to mask a lot of uh, other things that aren't going well. You know, this is a, probably a, a seven and five, maybe eight and four football team if really not even much changes from last season. But the offensive line, you know, isn't a liability. If the running back rotation shores up so Drake Mays not your leading rusher, which, by the way, is not a good thing, and as they've got a new offensive coordinator in Chip Lindsey, I don't expect they're going to let that be a thing. And then, you know, we've got a, a big NCAA ruling. I would say this, like, wait until you know whether or not Tez Walker is going to be able to play because Tez Walker, the transfer from Kent State, has only played college football at one school, Kent State. But because he has transferred – a couple of times, but never played. Uh, he just found himself uh, with a denied waiver uh, just this week. He was expected to be the number one wide receiver. They have not changed a lot about the passing game. That means that he was going to be stepping into those Josh Downs, Antoine Green kind of roles, him and Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech. The loss of Tez Walker is a significant one. If you were changing your number last year when Josh Downs was in and out of the lineup because of injury, I'd be changing my power ratings based on Tez Walker. Not a lot, but it's going to be a significant loss if they can't have him. If they do have him, they're going to be able to outscore almost every opponent on the schedule. The problem is the schedule is really brutal. 
and those last two games at Clemson, at NC State, I just for a team that started nine and one and just could not finish losing one score game after one score game in a four game losing streak to close the year, I just don't trust the, trust that team to be able to be playing at its peak at the end of the year with at Clemson, at NC State, and back to back. You know, I think there were eight and a half floating around out there earlier in the offseason. I was on an under at eight. Maybe I'd still go under, but ultimately I read this schedule as being eight and four. Chip Patterson, great job, man. Appreciate it. CBS Sports, we mentioned, check out the, not just the podcast, but YouTube as well. Cover three, Tom Fornelli, Bud Elliott, Danny Cannell, and the aforementioned Chip Patterson. Thank you, Chip. Appreciate you. All right, sounds good. Y'all be well. Thank you. Okay at chip underscore Patterson on Twitter. So we talked about a team that we had been planned discussing, and that is first year head coaches. Brom has experienced the native son. The prodigal son returns to Louisville. So why don't we discuss him coming back them all? And then Arizona state, you know, that kid that's coaching Arizona state. I call him a kid. He's 33 and he's not a name. He's been around. He's been an assistant at many programs, a great recruiter. We'll get into Arizona State. Purdue also has a young 37-year-old head coach. Mississippi State also has a young 37-year-old head coach. So those are the four we're discussing with our little theme today, Sharp Money. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network on a Friday. Sharp Money, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We were just having the conversation now. It sounds like that number got steamed up with Louisville, Amal. I know Goulet was saying that he knew a few sharps that were on the over with Louisville. And again, it's not a gauntlet with the schedule. We understand what we're looking at with the schedule. I just think there's a lot. I Look. Chip Patterson seemed to be pretty bullish. We just had him on from CBS. We were talking Louisville and Jeff Brom in year one. Uh, eight is the number you said felt like the pure number seven, seven and a half somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, you got to get to nine. Obviously, you know, if you want to go over that season win total of eight, seems like a tall task because there are a lot of turnover on this team. Lots. I, go ahead. Sorry. No, please. Yeah, I was going to say at the end of week seven, the best case scenario, in my opinion, for Louisville is they're four and three because that three weeks in a row at NC State, hosting Notre Dame, and at um, I'm sorry, at Pittsburgh, they're going to be four and three, in my opinion. Assuming, and you said during the commercial, the BC game's a coin toss. Georgia Tech and Atlanta won't be easy. The Ramble and Rec played well down the stretch. I, I don't know. We're sitting there acting like this Louisville team's got Teddy Bridgewater or Lamar Jackson under center. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think most are just assuming it's a dub to start the year against Georgia tech. Not so fast. I would caution. I think Boston college is a complete coin toss. Yep. Duke offensively is going to be very good this year. Virginia tech can't be worse than they were last (laughs) year. Virginia is going to be a disaster at Miami hosting Kentucky. It's not as easy. If you kind of parse through it as you would think, look, I think Brahm is going to do a hell of a job there. There are going to be a lot of expectations, but it's an uphill battle in year one, you know, logistically again, total turnover of the roster. He's tremendous. He's going to do a great job. All right. Speaking of a great job, JT O'Sullivan is going to join us here on sharp money. Of course, former NFL quarterback does a great job analyzing the film. I encourage you all to check out YouTube at the QB school does an awesome job. And we say hi to JT. Hi JT. How are you? Oh, we're getting them set up. Okay. Why don't we do this? We're going to get JT set up. And if we um, start midway through, we'll carry him over for the next segment. We've got six Amal. We've got six preseason games tonight. Really, if you're handicapping, it's no surprise. You have to start with who's playing, start at the quarterback position, and then dig deep into the beat writers because the beat writers are going to let you know, are they playing for a series? Are they playing for two series? Specifically, like Russell Wilson's going to get 15 to 18 snaps, which you like to see with Denver at Arizona. We got JT looking forward to the conversation. JT O'Sullivan, former NFL quarterback. Check out the recent videos on YouTube at the QB school. Hi JT. How are you buddy? What's up y'all football season, man. Fired up. We were just talking about the preseason. Do you have a philosophy 
You know, for example, there are te- there are Sean McVay would be one end of the spectrum who doesn't want to play anybody. He just wants to get through these three games and get the regular season going. And then you've got John Harbaugh, complete other end of the spectrum, never loses in the pre. Where are you with preseason? Uh, well, I think it depends. You know, my playing hat would say I need to make sure I play well enough to make sure I'm on the team, so that I want I want to play and I want to play at a really high level. The, if I was a guy and a starter and established, we got guys. Let's go ahead and pull that down, and we will come back. What we'll do? Tell JT B segment. We'll get him on the phone. It'll be simple. He, and his setup, which is unfortunate because his setup looks great. It's just, we, it's, there's too much variance with that line. Okay. So we'll get, we'll get him coming back again. Last night wasn't much to take away. The only question I would have for you, Amal, and I, again, CJ Stroud was pressured nonstop last night. The pick was bad and Davis Mills looked good. But again, Davis Mills was used to going against first stringers last year, started a bunch of games for Houston. And last night was a bit of a layup for him coming in after Stroud and he looked good, but I don't think you can really knock necessarily Stroud for the four attempts we saw last night. I would agree with you. I think it's too uh, small of a sample size and you referenced it. Three starters out getting pressured on 60% of the dropbacks. And it wasn't just pressure, Patrick. It was just, I mean, it literally looked like it was a car wash. They were letting everybody through. I mean, as soon as the ball was snapped, you saw immediate pressure, but Again, until we see Laramie Tunsil and the rest of the guys out there, it's hard to gauge what this team will be offensively. And you expect some growing pains and some mistakes from a rookie quarterback who's making his first career plays in the NFL. So I don't take away much from it. Even if he played great, I wouldn't take much away from it. Uh, So for me, it's just let's kind of wait for the next game. And I, I think we saw things like this. Last year, or I'm sorry, it was the same thing with uh, Victor Wembanyama, right? Everybody was critical of him his first game because he shot the ball very poorly. The next game, he's like, everyone's like, oh, Correct. he's, I mean, come on, give me a break. There's such an overreaction. It's nonsensical. Look, let the regular season start. I got to tell you, Patrick, and we talked about Carr earlier, and you brought it up how much he was sacked. He was sacked 98 times as a rookie, still the NFL record. It is hard to gauge I don't know if there's a bigger transition in sports, regardless of position, from going from college football as a quarterback to the NFL as a quarterback. I think that's the most difficult jump in professional sports. So for me, Bryce Young, Stroud, all these guys, it's going to take a little bit of time. Who would have thought after RG3's first year, by year eight or nine, he'd be in the booth somewhere? Speed of the game. Like, what's the one thing quarterbacks say? And it literally comes down to speed of the game. And I think he brought up something very important for new betters. And that's falling into the recency bias. And, you know, that is essentially just reacting on what you previously saw. And there's so much of that in sports betting. It's an up-down league. The NFL is an up-down league. You know, one, one week you bet on a team. Next week you fade the team. Obviously, that's not standard how you approach it. But there is, you have to be careful of getting caught in a vacuum week to week with teams uh, embedding them in that respect. I, so I, we'll get, we'll get JT in just a second. Go ahead. I love what you said there. And the reason why, so I'll give you an example with college football. I probably play 75 to 80% of favorites in the NFL. I probably play 75% of underdogs simply because to me, teams one through four and 29 through 32 have the greatest differentials, but teams five through 28 are probably two players from being similar teams. And and I think that's why taking the points are at a premium where at the collegiate level, you genuinely can't quantify the difference between the four and five stars that Alabama and Georgia have compared to some of these other teams that they face off against. So that's where kind of the rubber meets the road for me from a betting standpoint and the differences. And if a team in the NFL plays poorly one week and then when they bounce back, Again, it's, it's, they're not that far inferior to a team that might have beaten by 14 points the previous week. No, it's well put. I asked Josh this question. We're going to get JT on in four minutes, so appreciate JT's patience as we get the technical situation straightened out. But we want to make sure we give him a proper segment. So we'll close out this four minutes. I asked Josh this yesterday. It's interesting with New England coming into last year, the win total was elevated. And specifically those that were covering the team. I remember on the Lombardi line right here on Beeson, we had plenty, obviously with the relationship there in Foxborough and New England with Michael, we had plenty of those that were covering the team that said 
They were skeptical. They were weary of New England last year. And specifically, no surprise, it was an offense that was very disjointed. Well, the expectations have plummeted, Amal. He's sitting six and a half now. Obviously, they're going to have a professional play caller and O'Brien in there. Mac Jones headed into year three. Yes, another, not necessarily another system, but another coaching style for Jones, who can run a little hot, and O'Brien can run a little hot as well. <laughs> Six and a half's the number, so the expectations are low for New England. Is that fair? As far as six and a half, I think it's an overcorrection by a little bit of a larger margin. I agree. Probably should be number in my opinion, probably should be seven and a half. If you're looking to play it, play over is at least my assumption. This team will still be fundamentally. Look, Matt Patricia at offensive coordinator was an absolute joke. And the reason why Bill Belichick wasn't the laughing stock of the NFL is because thanks to Tom Brady, he's got uh, six Super Bowl rings. But if anyone else had done that, Every some single person in that fan base would have been looking to just absolutely have a coup against the ownership group to make that type of asinine decision. I think this team would be better. I like Mac Jones more than a lot of other people do. I don't think he's a leader. I don't think he's great, but I think he's good. And with pieces around him can be very effective because the one thing that I want is guys in that short and intermediate range, Patrick, to put the ball with some accuracy. And I think Mac Jones can do that very well. Well, I think JT can hear us. So when we come back, we'll ask him about Mac Jones, most important position. They got to get that right. Uh, We're going to see more of your boy, Amiya Culpa on DTR, (laughs) Thompson Robinson. I will say the reason I bring it up is because Cleveland will, you will get a first look of Deshaun Watson in the pre tonight. That's the reason (laughs) you see three Washington at Cleveland, but you're going to see a lot of DTR as he competes with Colin Mond there in Cleveland. Hey, listen, don't make me go full Denny Green when you find out DTR is not as good as he looked against the Packers <laughs> in a game against people that are going to be looking for jobs in medical sales coming up in about three to four weeks. Are you kidding me right now? Listen, I get he played well. When the chips were down at UCLA, DTR could not deliver for that Bruins offense. What are you talking about? He did great. It was a great I said he's gonna. I said he's going to be terrible. I said he's going to be terrible. Look. I don't think he's a guy that he's just going to be a guy that's on the roster as a third string quarterback. That's not a knock. If you can make an NFL roster, that's impressive. But the way he played, Dustin was ready to anoint this guy. The second coming out of UCLA is Troy Aikman. I, well, what I predicted he was going to play well in the hall of fame game. And he did. And you're just bitter that you didn't see it coming. Well, you're not wrong on any of what you just said. <laughs> that was all your comment. You just go, you're not wrong on anything you said. Uh, no, Pause. I'm not a stubborn person. If I'm wrong, I concede I'm wrong. There's no point in beating a dead horse. I was completely wrong on him. But again, it was the hall of fame game. People in Canton didn't give a damn. They got, they stopped getting suckered into buying tickets for that game. Like they have in the past. Okay. All right. Some bitterness. <laughs> Seems some some bitterness there. All right. I see JT. looks like the shot's ready to go. So looking forward to continuing our conversation with JT O'Sullivan. He's got a bunch of great clips, including Zach Wilson, DTR. We can ask him. Um, Also, Jordan Travis versus Clemson. He's all over it, not just the NFL, but college football as well. So we'll continue the conversation. Six preseason games tonight. JT O'Sullivan joins us next here. Sharp Money. It's V-Sin. The Sports Betting Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday 
and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Former NFL quarterback joins us here. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. He's JT O'Sullivan. The patience is appreciated as we got a shot set up. You can check out the videos at the QB School. That's the video on YouTube. Hi, JT. Thank you very much. We were having a conversation. You may have heard just a little bit about Mac Jones. So he had a defensive coordinator running the offense last year. It's year three for Mac. Let's start with your overview and overall thoughts on the new England Patriot quarterback. All right. We got JT. He took his AirPods out. We do know that they work because we were having a great conversation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> JT. Hold on. Hold on. Three, two, one. JT. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I think you got to put your AirPods back in the base. Oh man. I feel horrible for this guy. Dustin, call him up with your phone and tell him to hop on a phone right now because we do want to get his take because he's got a lot of good stuff as we log out there. Just another day on Sharp Money. Um, as we wait for JT, can we just transition quickly? I said there's yeah. some carryover. Uh, Purdue and Louisville, obviously, Jeff Brom leaves Purdue. Ryan Walters is going to take over. And not just a shift in head coach, but a shift in philosophy, a completely different look because he's a defensive-minded guy. He's a defensive coordinator that's now flipped. Eight and six. I mentioned they got blown out by Michigan. They got blown out by LSU in the bowl game, 63 to seven. You know, it's an, it's a program. You can go back to Joe Tiller had a little success, but not a ton. Um, also remember last year, it's not just Purdue getting blown out in the big 10 championship game. And then in the bowl game, but their basketball team lost to Farley Dickinson. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's interesting. Hudson card comes in from Texas, the transfer to play quarterback but this is going to be, it's going to be an interesting uphill battle in year one from Ryan Walters at Purdue. Well, remember he had one of the top defenses in the nation last year at Illinois. He was a two-year defensive coordinator there under Brett Bielema, did a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, this was the team that had the best defense in the Big Ten last year. Purdue's calling card, when you go back to Joe Tiller going forward with Drew Brees and company, and then some of the other players that have come through there has generally been on the offensive side of the ball, Patrick. This team needs to improve defensively. I think that's an area where they've always been deficient, and I think that's where Walter's going to really improve this team is on that side of the football. Uh, if they can do that, remember, he played football at Colorado. Um, uh, he was a safety. So I think this should help because that's the one area they've always been void. And you mentioned Hudson Card coming in. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he's a pretty decent guy. I'll tell you right now, I'd rather have him than Jake Plummer, at least. No, I, I totally agree. Right. I, I, I was going to say the exact same thing. Go ahead. But I, I Hudson Card, when I did see a little bit of him at Texas, I, I, I like the player. Absolutely. The problem at Texas is you're expected to have a Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning type of quarterback. And Hudson Card was a decent quarterback. And you know what? Purdue's a great landing spot for him. I think he could be very effective and get this Boilermakers team going in the right direction. Again, another program with transfers coming in, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but to me, I, I like this team going forward in terms of what they're capable of. This is a middle-of-the-pack type of team in the Big Ten. They're not a team that you expect to win eight or nine games, but a bowl season is pretty effective. If the Boilers can do that, Patrick, I think it would be a good overall success and good start for Ryan Walters. But the one thing I expect to see and would look for in Purdue games this year until we get an adjustment on the totals is maybe playing some Purdue games under. 
Defensively, I think they're going to be far better. Walters is going to have an immediate impact. We saw, I got to tell you, if you watched Illinois last year, if they had a pulse of consistency on offense, they would have been an upper echelon team. How he got those guys to play that well defensively is still mind-boggling to me. Yes, 17 and 10 their last two years. Purdue is coming off their first Big Ten West division title. They've made bowl trips the last two years. It's going to be an adjustment from Brom to Walters. You know, transforming a team in Purdue from an offensive team under Brom to a defensive team. You mentioned defensively. I wrote down a lot of work to do. They got D-line transfers expected to start from Vandy, Arkansas, and Auburn. New faces, new places. They do have two good linebackers returning. Offensively, I don't know if you want to call it a coup, but Graham Harrell coming in to run the offense is pretty good. Card does have a strong arm. They have two good running backs and a good offensive line with experience. So again, it's not a team that's bereft of talent. Um, You just need Harrell and card to click together that offensive line that does have experience to kind of gel. And then the two good backs to get the run game going. And as you mentioned, Walters is going to identify himself and this team defensively. That's where it's going to be non-conference Fresno, Virginia tech, Syracuse, They go to Michigan. They host Ohio State. They're at Iowa. It's not an easy schedule. No, no, it's not. And you know, I want to just briefly revisit last year's season. They they got beat pretty good by Michigan in the bowl game, but I mean, excuse me, in the Big Ten championship game, and then lose by fifty six to LSU. But they had a couple of wins that were decent. The Illinois win and the Minnesota win. But I thought the schedule was pretty soft last year, Patrick. I thought it benefited them in terms of where they wound up. And again, you mentioned it. They've got a lot of transfers on the defensive side of the ball. If they can kind of buy into what Walters is selling from a defensive standpoint, yeah, they're not going to beat Ohio State probably at Ross-Aid. I just don't think they've got the offensive capability. Probably not going to beat Wisconsin in that spot as well. But I I don't think that this team is going to be in bad shape long-term. Don't look at the short-term here with Ryan Walters. I think you got to go towards year two. You mentioned it. When you've got to face, the only team they're missing this year is Penn State. When you look at the four best teams in the Big Ten, for us, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin, they play three of those teams. Um, they got to go to Ann Arbor. So I, I don't think it's going to be an easy season, but you close out with Northwestern and Indiana, a couple of winnable games. And to me, the Fresno State game is an important one to start the season. This is a very winnable, easy, I shouldn't say easy, but a game you expect to be able to win on your home field. And then if they can, you know, beat Syracuse, I'm telling you right now, for me, the goal, if you're a Purdue Boilermaker backer, is a bowl, a bowl game this year. Yeah, you got to get to six wins. And yeah. if you do, you go over five and a half. And by the way, DraftKings right now, Purdue, big guy, set at five and a half. Juiced up big time, 165 to the under. So again, if you think they're going to be bowl eligible, as Amal said, and I think that would be the goal. Totally agree with you. New regime. It's a free year. Kind of a change in philosophy with Walters defensively. I think you have an offensive coordinator that can open it up. I like Card. I totally agree with Amal. Like him better than Plummer. So I think they got the better quarterback in the switch here with head coaches and you know, five and a half, you get to six, you get plus plus one forty-five on the juice at DraftKings. I think it's two really inspired coordinator hires for, for, especially for a program like Purdue, where you are so limited with who can get into the school. I'm not going to hold what happened at West Virginia uh, to, to Graham Harrell too hard. Like it's still West Virginia where they're at with Neil Brown. Like they're kind of a mess and, it's in disarray. So I can't hold that against him. Harold's been long thought of as one of these guys from the Mike Leach tree in the air raid, who's been able to, to, to come to these programs and inject a little bit of life and a little bit of offense. And on the other side, Kevin crane, when I dug into him more, he comes over from Illinois, Illinois, had the best scoring defense in the country last year. They were the third best total defense. I think it's two really inspiring hires to help navigate both the offense and defense for a young up and coming head coach in a situation that should be, difficult for some. I think by hiring two guys that are creative like that, it's going to make his job a lot easier in the first year. You know, guys, though, when you look at the schedule, you mentioned the five and a half wins, Patrick. I I think it's an optimistic feat to get to six wins, but that's the goal. I think realistically, this team is probably five and seven and could be four and eight. When I go through the schedule, let's just go ahead and concede Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin as potential losses. I expect them to win the two games in the back end against Northwestern and Indiana. But now, Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois, Iowa, those are all games where I expect them to be slight to decent underdogs in those matchups. And then you've got to get the game against Fresno State. I don't think they're going to go on the road at Lane Stadium and win. So, Margin slim. Yeah, margin is slim to get to six, but that's the ultimate goal. 
Yeah, and, and and really, I just told you, you know, there's such juice on that over yeah. five and a half, so we can call it a true number of five. Yeah. Now you'll have to pay juice if you want to go over the five. Um, you get juice if you want to go over the five and a half over at DraftKings right now on Purdue. Be interesting. I don't think the expectations are there. Look, they just lost Brom. Brom's a name. Yeah. You know, that the, the pressure is on Brom at Louisville. There's no pressure on Walters at Purdue year one. None. I- I would agree with you guys, but you brought up a good point. Is Brom a bigger name than he really is, just like Graham Harrell? Like, these are two guys to me that are good coaches, decent coaches. They're not elite, but the way we sometimes talk about Graham Harrell from an offensive standpoint and Jeff Brom as a head coach, like, they've accomplished more than they really have. Well, I mean, here's what I'll say about Harrell, and Dustin said it well. He was dealing with that buster Neil at Brown. West Virginia yeah. and Neil Brown, who I'm not sure how he's still he, – he must they, have a big buyout. Because being under the thumb of Neil Brown at West Virginia is not doing any favors to Graham Harrell. Yeah, and for for Brom, the pressure in Louisville, in that city, it goes Louisville Slugger, Papa John's, then the Brom family. Well, And, and real quick, to Patrick's point on, um, on Neil Brown, his buyout of fired before December 31st of 2024 is the full freight of $13 million. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that is... Let's just say the expectations aren't sky high for your boy this year either. Um, interesting to see with Purdue. I, I would agree with you. I think probably the true number set at five. Five. So if you want to lay the five, if you want to go over that five and a half, you're going to get a nice little number at plus one forty-five. When we return, we're going to talk Georgia football. Your favorites to win the national championship. Buck Baloo joins us next. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 